listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 118, where we will be discussing chapter 8 in Clockwork Prince, That Fire of Fire. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. That fire of fire? <sighs> what is <laughs> Like, the I know, I know it's from the quote, the poem or whatever that they read at the beginning. And when I say read, it's this. because... The only time I listen to it is, or or acknowledge its existence is when I'm listening to the audiobook because I, it, yep, I'm too lazy to skip forward. Ain't nobody got nope. time for that. Yeah. <laughs> not for me to read it in, in real life. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> happy oh, Mother's great. Day! I didn't even know to everybody. Yes, Happy Mother's Day to the listeners. The yes. listeners. Hopefully, happy Smothers. Day. Hopefully, you guys uh, Smothers saw our picture on Instagram. Our our lovely mothers listen i had the best picture in mind uh-huh and i couldn't find it and i was really disappointed that i couldn't find it and the other pictures are in this big chest that mm-hmm. had a bunch of stuff on top of it and you're like oh and we man. got home later than we wanted yeah but you gotta give props that woman had a c-section and her hair looks like that yeah Bro. like feathered and styled and everything <laughs> like what the heck dude that's some good shit <laughs> That's because she had the C-section. <laughs> she was like, just yeah. put me under. I don't have to fuck around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I know. Yep. My mom in that picture just had a V-back. Oh, okay. But Dude, she um, your mom looks, looks like the life of the party in that picture, Amanda. I know. Your mom looks like she's having the best fucking time. She's like, ain't she was no scared. bitch in this maternity ward having a better time than me. She's like, this is great. And like, what did you say, Amanda? There's an amazing. ashtray in the background? Yep, there's an ashtray sitting right next to her in the hospital. <laughs> yep. Welcome to the 80s. I, there are pictures, because there's a lot, my mom used to take a lot of pictures before digital photos became a thing, because she does have a lot of digital photos, but none of them have ever been printed out or looked at ever. <laughs> they're just a pile of sd cards that's all they are awesome but my mom's got like the first like eight years of my life like meticulously documented in photos in like these photo albums with like the clingy wrap stuff that goes over the Mm -hmm. top Uh uh-huh and we there's pictures of like her like before because she was in labor with me for like 22 hours or something like that um, because my mother is a very small person and I was a very large baby. <laughs> and there's hmm. pictures of her in this like maroon velvet like robe. But but it's not a robe. It's like almost like a dressing gown. Like there's a zipper and it had like a doily collar. Okay. And her big oh, like ass a house? Yeah. belly. She's sitting in a wheelchair because she couldn't walk because she was in labor. Oh. Right. So and she's out in the courtyard smoking a fucking cigarette with her IV hooked up. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Like, the 80s. What city were you born in? Portland. Huh. Okay. Okay. And when were you? Interesting. The picture that I put on there was January of 88. Oh, really? And there was an ashtray in there. Yeah. So maybe she wanted to go outside. It was at Clackamas uh, Kaiser. I don't think they were. I think they had a smoking section outside. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Okay. We discussed, um, obviously, the picture of my mom and Amanda's mom was how many, like, 18 days of, what did you say it was? 
uh, uh, 12, 13 days. Uh-huh. And I feel like it's from at the same hospital. I was like, what if it's in the same room? Oh. Just 13 days apart. Crazy. Yeah. It's the hospital. I don't remember what it's called, but it's not open anymore. And it was in Portland. Mm. Oh, okay. Maybe. No, then it was a different one. I'm just kidding. I thought she had her at in Oregon City. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. I don't know why I said, oh, yeah. (laughs) I know why you would think that is what I meant. Anyway. I knew what you meant. I got you. I was picking up what you were putting down. (laughs) Yeah. Good stuff. Um, And I found the perfect Father's Day photo that I took a picture of and saved. I'm not doing that. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Or I could actually, I could give you a picture of every stepfather I've had. I was going to say, I could do my dad and my stepdad, because my stepdad's far more embarrassing with his glasses You and could stuff. do a picture of you with my dad. <laughs> Can we just all three be with your dad? I'm sure I have pictures of that. Let's just go to your dad's house yeah. and take a picture of him with him now. He can stand in the lawn, like in front of the lawnmower with his new balances, and we could just be next to him. Jean shorts. So- uh, cargo shorts. Fan? Cargo <laughs> shorts. Yep. Oh, good stuff. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, yeah. everybody. Well, seriously, I don't think we have any um, reviews, and I don't think we have any other business. So why don't we just? Except that Robin's scratching herself with her teeth. Uh huh. You're. That's cool. I get the palm. If don't, you have to do the palm, don't be judgmental. Be curious. Yeah. That that's <laughs> it's a really interesting way to scratch your hand. Okay, listen. I my stomach is bugging me right now, and my hand is cupping my belly. And so the other hand is occupied. I'm not gonna take it off because it's stopping me from having a cramp. Oh, okay, Aww. that's understandable. So this was just right here. Yeah. Yep. That is why. Well, sorry. <laughs> I bet you feel bad now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I feel really bad now. Can I, I also tell you do a weird secret, stuff, Robin? So. Sometimes when one of my hands is is busy, I'll use my nose to press buttons on my phone. Uh, I've done that. <laughs> it doesn't work all the time. I've never done that. How accurate are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked out a system. I can swipe, oh, I can I can type, I can do all <laughs> kinds of stuff. You know, there is a way on an iPhone, I've seen a TikTok on it, where you can set it up to have some sort of a feature to use the word next or skip or swipe or something like that. And you can just say it instead of actually like swiping because mm. people do it. Like if you're watching the washing the dishes while watching TikTok, you don't have to watch just one video. <laughs> so you don't like have to you how to scroll TikTok. Sit there and let it fuck up your algorithm by playing the same one over yes. and over again. <laughs> when you're pooping and you put it down and you've watched the same video four times because you're washing your hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the good stuff. Oh. <laughs> what do you guys say? <laughs> we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. We begin with the lightest of siblings, penning an absurd letter to the con- to Consul Wayland about Charlotte's lifestyle of the rich and the famous. 
and her many hats. Later, Cecily and Gabriel have a lover's quarrel. Okay, I wish. Mm. I wish it was that. I mean, <laughs> that leads. I mean, I mean, it's got it's got the the faint ghost of a hint. Uh huh. Like the the sails have started to unfurl. There's promise of the ship. <laughs> That leads to some inappropriate tap it in. Just t- 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 tap it in, <laughs> Brassman. <laughs> of course, Will invades, but the bickering between houses doesn't last long because Sophie calls everyone to the drawing room. The meeting reveals some gasp, shocking news. <laughs> A message from Morty about giving up Tessa for Yenfen, complete with a packet attached for a show of goodwill. Tessa offers herself as tribute, but it causes Jim's fuck no alarm to go off, and after some choice words, he throws the packet of drugs into the fire. Will dives his hands into fish it out, and the room erupts. Once the dust settles, Tessa hands over the leftover Yenfen before throwing up deuces. Charlotte mends Will's hands, and the pair of bow tie make up. Jim leaves and him gently Jim leaves he left Jim has exited the building and leaves Will and Cecily to reminisce about their childhood and Will ends up falling asleep with his sister sitting next to him aww how sweet do you ever say Jim so much that you feel like you're saying it J-I-M but you're clearly not saying it Jim, but it sounds like Jim. But if it's yeah. Jim or Jim. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. According to Google uh, microphone or whatever, I say Jim. Uh-huh. Or Jim. Or Jemmy with a G. That's mine. Does Jim like J- yeah. G-Y-M. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it'll do that. Sometimes it'll do, it'll do like Jem G-E-M. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's never like it's not consistent, so it's not like you can do like a word search uh-huh. for it and like just fix them all. Like it's it's different every uh-huh. time. Yep. <laughs> I guess that's a me thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, I like doing the talk to text, but it bugs. I have an uncontrollable urge to correct it, so it takes longer. Oh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. me too. Because I won't go on until I've corrected what I had just wrote, and it's just, uh-huh. it just defeats the purpose. Same Z's. I like to not look until I'm like done with uh-huh. my thought and then I go back and edit. But but I have a lot of practice because I've written entire books like that before. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Okay. And you enunciate your words a lot better than I do. Mm. I say like so much. Mm-hmm. It's so hard when you're <laughs> like there's so much pressure on when you hit the little record button. <laughs> That's like our first couple episodes. Like our hands were sweaty and stuff. It's like you can delete it. Mom's no one's spaghetti, gonna know. Man. Fuck. <laughs> and we did delete it. We did. Thrice. We sure did. <laughs> and even the I first actually... ten are bad. Like yeah. The ones that we published. Uh huh. Uh huh. I accidentally somehow went back and listened to our introductory episode, which was pretty. De- it was okay. Yeah. It was okay. Well, we had recorded it three uh, times. The right? first few. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was seriously. I think we did it like six times. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, oh, it's young again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can you believe it's been two years? I can't. I'm still flabbergasted. That was before the pandemic. Yeah. It's just crazy. Right? Like the whole world has yeah. changed in the time that we've been doing yeah. this podcast. <laughs> it's wild. Yep. 
So Tessa's attempting to brush the frizz out of her hair, a fruitless task given the London heat. And there's there's this line, quote, the air outside was cool but humid, seeming to trap the water of the Thames scented with iron and city dirt. Gross. Victorian London sounds disgusting. It sounds like New York in summer would sounds now. Like the appeal of New York in summer is Net zero. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> I, there's no way. There's so many people and all of their smells. Mm. Plus, it's hot mm-hmm. and sticky and humid. No thanks. Anything oh, yep. humid. There's um, yep. some pe- people from Omar's work that, like, moved mm-hmm. back east or whatever. And I'm just like, immediately no. No. Immediately no. Yep. Absolutely not. Andy has a work a work friend that comes and stays with us when he's in town to work here in Portland. And um, we'll hang out on the back deck or whatever. You know, we have a little pond with a fountain out there and stuff. And he's like, I just I can't believe you guys don't have a bunch of mosquitoes here. It's amazing. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a pond and we don't have a shit ton of mosquitoes. I guess that's Oregon for you. Dude, seriously, <laughs> the Pacific Northwest is the best kept secret in the United States, except somebody went and blabbed the fucking Californians. Yeah. <laughs> because the they know now. <laughs> it was yeah. Twilight. Forks, Washington. Fuck Stephanie Meyer. I mean, who wants to go there? Yeah. Oh, I wanted to go so bad when I was younger. I wanted to go visit. Uh-huh. I love in the books. Everybody has rain boots and raincoats. Oh my god, that was the most annoying thing about the books to me. I was like, that's not how real people in the Pacific, we just get damp. Like, we don't yeah. have. I would have gotten hoodie, hoodie beat status. Up. Could you imagine how much shit you would have gotten if you wore a, like a, like a patent leather raincoat? Like, like a, a rain slicker? Yeah. Are you yeah. kidding me? Or used an umbrella at the bus stop? Dear God. No. Evan forbid. My thing is just, what do you do with an umbrella after it gets wet? Like, what are you supposed to do with it? It'll get everything else wet. carry it around. So you might as well just be wet. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. We had to buy umbrellas and stuff for soccer because we just never had owned them before. Mm -hmm. And then we kept forgetting them because, like, what? Right. That's not (laughs) something you remember. Uh Uh-huh. You can always tell a transplant because they're the ones with umbrellas and you're like, that you're not from here. <laughs> if you were from here, you would just understand One that 300 days out of the year you're like wet. <laughs> you would yeah. be wearing a tie dye t- like t- like a sweatshirt that had something about the coast on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like a teal blue one. <clears throat> yeah. So this quote that. Tessa smells or whatever basically we Robin and I got a text from a co-worker this weekend that was at one of his kids soccer games and he was like this field smells so bad from the mud and stuff that's what this makes me think of (laughs) (laughs) I feel like any city though is probably just disgusting in the summer yeah I don't don't think you can escape it I was feeling for her with her brushing her hair like I had a moment we were sisters (laughs) you would <laughs> and i'm just like have you ever broke a comb brushing your hair like literally the comb broke off in your hair and you, like it was like stuck in there yeah Ro- robin's been mia thermopolis before 
she's done it uh-huh <sighs> multiple oh times gosh. or sometimes <laughs> so i'm ran- like i told you this before but i'm just ran- my hair tie will just break in my hair i didn't do anything <laughs> but i didn't move it it just bursts it just can't handle the pressure anymore <laughs> i've been hanging on too long man <laughs> but it's it's accounting crows i've been hanging around oh, God. okay <laughs> anyway i am so sorry continue on about tessa <sighs> Oh, I started one quote in track. and we've sidebarred three times. Yeah. <laughs> so Tessa's replaying her tale of two boyfriends drama in a loop and all around, all about what? All around? Yeah. And that's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> what am I looking for? Not all around. All in all. I think all around sounds All around right. sounds great. Okay. All around wallowing. Good. Okay. And all around wallowing in the shit show that has become her life. Uh, just a reminder, an evil magic uh, wielding madman is bent on revenge and his entire master plan is centered around Tessa. Her fiance is on the doorstep of death without his drugs and her on again, off again crush slash side piece is punishing himself into oblivion. Got it. And so she has this thought, this line of internal dialogue where she says, uh, how could three people who cared for one another so much cause one another so much pain? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe because you're lying to each other and yourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, that each whole, of you is lying to each other. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> the whole honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Your life would be a lot simpler. <laughs> While we're on the subject of Will, they'd spent the day in the library translating the paperwork from Benedict's office office from greek latin even purga purgatic which i was hoping you were gonna try to (laughs) of course i did of course i did (laughs) it's it's a common demon language according to the wiki um oh okay so she's like she's really harping on thinking about will right now like will was the first one and she uh, there's uh, she has this like thought where like what she wants to do what she wants to say because like they haven't talked about what happened right so th- it's like the elephant in the room they've been tiptoeing around it all day uh, she had wanted to pull him aside and ask him if he had heard from Magnus to say to him no one understands what you feel but me and no one understands what I feel but you so can we not feel together <laughs> fucking so cheesy uh, that's the <laughs> you're just like um you like hot dogs and i like hot dogs so like we should eat a hot dog together sausage party (laughs) i love how she like so conveniently leaves out that like you're the reason like we're we're the cause for part if not all of each other's pain other than the gem right. stuff, but like they're causing even more. Well, Jem did that big for Tessa. Yeah. Quote, like obviously it wasn't like she told him to do it. Right. But yeah. But they're all in their feels because they're all in love with each other <laughs> and hiding it. Yeah. Uh, but if Magnus had contacted him. Will would have told her he was honorable. They were all honorable. If they had not been, she thought, looking down at her hands, perhaps everything would not be so awful. I don't. I don't. What? 
I don't understand <laughs> how if they weren't honorable, things would be better. One of them would be hurt, but not all of them, I guess. I guess. I guess it would be over and they wouldn't be agonizing, I suppose. Uh-huh. Well, like, I, maybe if she would have, like, if she would have. So, Jim, wait. Jim had proposed and mm-hmm. she said yes. And then immediately after the will thing happened. Mm-hmm. And if she would have just, like, well, actually, sorry. Right. Jim wouldn't mm-hmm. have taken all the infant and, like, all this other stuff. But he would have been heartbroken. Fair enough. And, yeah. You know, like. They might have been in a better position. Be left out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or if Will would have told Jim that he loved Tessa. Blah, blah, blah. Right. But yeah. somebody's, someone's getting hurt. Oh, for what sure. If my vote is that it's Tessa. <laughs> and Same. Will and Jim. Same. Clearly our soulmates. So, Clearly. you know. <laughs> that would have been a way better book. <laughs> Just Will and Jim finding themselves. So Tessa's replaying everything that went down with Mortmain's letter and the subsequent clusterfuck that followed. Her offer to martyr herself for the boys uh, came from a good place, but she knows it would have it would have never worked out the way she wanted. Even if she was out of the picture, it didn't make the Shadowhunters of London any safer from Mortmain. Like (laughs) she would just be giving him what he wanted. It's not going to help the situation at all. She didn't leave things with Jem in a good place, what with the storming out and all that. Um, they'd never had a fight before, and Tessa, you know, a literal child, um, doesn't know what that means. Uh, even going as far <laughs> as to wonder if Jem, Jem Carstairs, would want to end their engagement over the argument they had. <laughs> you can't tell, but I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Just come on, honey. Tessa's mental self-flatulation is interrupted by a scratching at her door. Waiting on the other side is Church with a note tied around his neck that reads, meet me in the music room, Jay. Coincidentally, this is also an instruction manual for how to kidnap a Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) What an awesome freaking cat, dude. Dude. You send me a, a cat boy. with a note around its neck? Absolutely. With lace? Who are you? Yeah. Lace ribbon? Come on. <gasps> yeah. And the cat, like, obviously you're so, like, you must be good with animals because how'd you get the cat to do what you wanted it to do? Right. Yeah. Uh, my cat doesn't talk very much. She's a quiet cat. Mm. And so I get really excited every time she meows in response to us. And mm. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, if you ask her if she's hungry every once in a while, she'll meow. Mm. Or, like, when you come home. If when she hears the garage door open, she comes downstairs or from wherever she is to meet you. And sometimes when she sees you, she'll meow. And like I get all excited about that. I can't imagine sitting down and tying a collar and a piece and instructions <laughs> and like all this other stuff. Yeah, we bought. He her wasn't like batting at you. Off yeah, she's like, no, I'm a wild bitch. Not <laughs> she interested. Took her cone off. Two hours after surgery. <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yep. <laughs> She's a wild thing, that oh. one. Yeah, she is. She's, yeah. <sighs> but we can't She's give fair. you too much of a good thing yet. All right, guys. 
We'll let their collective teenage loins yearn for a little while while we pop over to the drawing room where the Lightwoods are doing some light sleuthing. Aside from an uncle plagued with, by gout, rummaging through Charlotte's desk proved unfruitful. Without much to go on and the sneaking suspicion that the count, that the console, fuck, without much to go on and the sneaking suspicion that the console is fishing for a way to jam up Charlotte, Gideon decides right then and there that it is the absolute best time and place to write their next letter as he's Just standing over out. Charlotte's desk with all of her correspondence in, in front of him. Yeah. So naturally, as soon as Gideon is finished with this letter, Sophie walks in. And it takes all of three seconds for Sophie to deduce what is going on. Because I'm pretty sure Sophie is the best investigator out of all of the Shadowhunters and everybody. She's the only like, one that pays attention. What was attention. she even doing in there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tidy up. She heard a noise. Like, she was going to she investigate. Just knew. <laughs> Sophie is so badass in this scene. She's like, okay, first of all, it's Miss Collins to you. Don't call me fucking Sophie. And yes. second of all, fuck you. You're lying. And I'm going to go tell Charlotte because she's I'm going to go tell mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go tell mom. Um, <clears throat> this next exchange I, I have to read because it gives me butterflies. So Gideon finally spoke. Miss Collins, he said, please. I know that since the unfortunate business with the scones you have not held me in esteem (laughs) but please do believe i would not betray the trust charlotte has placed in me nor reward her kindness to me with betrayal sophie wavered wavered (laughs) sophie wavered for a moment then dropped her gaze i am sorry mr lightwood i wish to believe you but it is with miss branwell that my first loyalty must lie fuck she's so good She's so good. Yeah. And Gideon throws a Hail, Ma- Hail Mary pass and asks Sophie to read the letter, their latest letter, um, to the console before making any decision. The letter is the same flavor of bullshit as the first, mostly lamenting Charlotte's callous behavior towards an elderly uncle. I think this might be the moment Sophie falls totally and completely in love with Gideon. And I'm going mm-hmm. to read it to you because it's perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. (laughs) She looked up. She had pressed her lips together, but they were trembling. For a horrible moment, Gabriel thought she was about to cry. Oh my gracious, she said. And is this the first? No, there has been one other, Gabriel admitted. It was about Charlotte's hats. Her hats. A peal of laughter escaped Sophie's lips, and Gideon looked at her as if he had never seen anything so marvelous. Uh, what? And Gabriel's like looking at his brother like, uh, okay, I don't understand. Like, like, yeah, sure. She's pretty, I guess. But like, I don't get it, but I can't deny that like this guy's totally into her. Like he's like, okay, he yeah. really likes her. <laughs> yep. I love them so hard. It's, oh, I love that. It's so good. I love them hard. Sophie is game. She's like, okay, 
she'll let them keep up their little double agent business and she'll keep it to herself, but mostly because the Lightwoods don't seem to be doing any actual harm and it would just upset Charlotte to know that her mentor was spying on her. So she's like, I'll put this Mm -hmm. in the post. Like, if you guys need anything, let me know. I'm game. (laughs) Yeah. So like any opportunity to fuck with the console. (laughs) Stick it to the man. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so I just have to say, obviously, you guys probably have read my part, which is two two paragraphs, but I obviously started at the wrong point. So one thing that I want to mention oh. is um, <laughs> it makes way more sense now, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> I'm an idiot. But um, so after, like, he uh, Gideon admits that he had already written a letter mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and it was about hats. Sophie's like laughing about it. And Gabriel notices that like Sophie is pretty. And he says, I like, quote, when she laughed, scar or not. Like, mm-hmm. oh, she really is pretty when she laughs, even though she has a scar. What? I don't. <laughs> I have a scar Get out of right here, here with your douchebaggery. <laughs> right? These fucking Victorians and their obsession with perfection. Like, get over it. Uh Yeah. Could you imagine Victorians with, like, social media? No. (laughs) Dude. That's like, have you ever gone back 10 years and seen your, like, stuff now? It's embarrassing. Could you imagine Uh back then? Oh, my God. At the real dowager. Yeah. There's this YouTuber, uh, Carolina. I can't remember her last name. is. She's a polish um like dress historian kind of lady she like does okay but she does like memes and like skits where like she did this skit where she was a um like a designer like a costume designer for um a time travel agency and like so she's like harried and like trying to like fuck with this thing and like she's pretending to talk to people off camera like like, I, I need more than a day's notice for Edwardy in England. Like, I can't. Like, no, you're going to be a peasant. Like, I can't afford. To, <laughs> I don't have time to make you a silk dress. <laughs> like, it's very funny. But she does shit like that. That cracks me up. Like, you know, the real housewives, but they're Edwardian. Like, what would they uh-huh. act like and stuff is very funny. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So we go to this mysterious rendezvous to the, in the music room with Jim and Tessa. And see, there it is. Jim <laughs> <laughs> is already in the music room and he's facing the fire. And the way it's explained, the uh, like how he turns around, reminds Turn me sort of, of like Jack Dawson. Jack Dawson from Titanic when he's yeah. at the bottom of the stairs uh-huh. was very like... I don't know. It just gave Cinematic. me those same kind of feels. Yeah, well, exactly. Okay. I liked it. I don't know about you, but I also imagine Jem having hair like Leonardo DiCaprio in Titanic. Yeah. Where, like, like yeah, he has it combed when he's, like, doing something nice, but, like, it's always falling in his face in that, like, yeah. beautiful <laughs> 90s, like, sea around the eyes. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Middle parts. Never look so good. <sighs> Leonardo, mm. Nick uh, Carter, all of those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. JTT. Okay. So, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda's really excited. 
All wait, of that. Wait, we do need to stop and acknowledge that fully yes. before we move forward. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yes. I'm right there with you. Keep going. <laughs> we all uh, sat through Tim Allen and Home Improvement for JTT. Of course. Yeah. Nobody Clearly. sat through it for Tim Allen until you were an adult. Yeah. <laughs> it was all right. Al, but it wasn't Tim Allen. It was Al. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally Al. Nobody needs barking. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever he oh, does. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about Terrible. <laughs> Although I really do. The Santa Claus, I think, is probably one of my favorite Christmas movies. So mm. I, am a, I am a Tim Allen fan. Yeah. Okay. So, Jem was like, oh, it's you. I wasn't sure if you would come. <laughs> Sorry. He's like, yes, you were, but okay. <laughs> Whatever. And she apologizes because she feels obviously like this whole Mortmain thing is her fault. And it kind of is. <laughs> Sorry. Don't mean to make it awkward, but. About that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know he's like mad at Shadowhunters, but honestly, she just happened to fall in with the Shadowhunters. Mm-hmm. Basically, like they rescued her. She. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. So she admits um, that Will was right and Mortmain can't be trusted. And so obviously she was wrong. Like going with, with him, um, like basically their enemy, um, you know, he's like not aligned with the Shadow Hunters at all. So she would just be like joining the enemy. And that was stupid because enemy. Because <laughs> anyway, of all the reasons explaining. everyone listed you got before. It. Yeah. <laughs> Like, oh, I guess you guys make sense. Enemy. Three. Enemy. (laughs) Enemy go. And then she asks for his forgiveness and emphasizes how they don't have much time left together, so they shouldn't fight. Mm. And again, we were talking about this before we started recording. I got the awkward part of this chapter. Okay. So, everybody, bear with me. Also, for Mother's Day, my son bought me two cases of these body armor things that I cannot find in store. I cannot find this blue, the mixed berry flavor. Oh. He bought me two cases of it because he found it on Amazon. Aww. And um, then he brought me home a big pack of um, breadsticks from Olive Garden. And I ate every single one of them. As so I'm should. a little out of breath because I'm full. <laughs> So bear with me if I mouth breathe too much. I just think you've got the the bread sweats. Dude, the yeast sweat. Oh, God. (laughs) Okay. I think the best thing about that story is your son is 21 years old. Mm -hmm. You mentioned to him once that that was your favorite kind of body armor. One time in a conversation and he remembered it like two months later. Yeah, because he drank the last one and I was super bummed. It's because he had uh-huh. a good mom. Yeah. <laughs> Someone taught him well. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was we very, very, crap. very sweet of him. Yeah, for Amanda. Yeah. Good job, Drew. Good job. No, good job, Amanda. Good job, Amanda. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's Clearly. you. I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. So. Jem spits out some like super beautiful words that of course make you emotional and might make you like him even more. And then he decides to give Tessa a gift that he was meaning to save for their like 
a bridal gift, it's but he D. wants to give it to her now. And listen, the D is what I would have gotten as a bridal gift because my point is my husband didn't give me shit. I didn't know this was a thing, and I think we need to have a serious conversation now. We need to bring it back. <laughs> I didn't get anything either. I am not dating Jem Carstairs. What is the problem here? Come on, Andy. I feel like he's setting an unhealthy expectation. <laughs> Listen, but I, feel, I like... feel like I should still live to. I ex- I sh- yeah. I, I'm worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Listen, my husband is the only husband out of the three of ours that has read these books. I feel like he doesn't have any excuse not to uh-huh. be Jim. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, You've read the books. <laughs> you know what my expectations are. My dreams I, as a child. You read these as a child. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. I told my husband, because I um, our anniversary was this last week, mm-hmm. and um, I didn't get him the gift, because mm-hmm. I was going to last minute it, but I couldn't last minute because of whatever. And so I told him what I was going to get him, because like mm-hmm. he was like, you might as well just tell me, because the day's already passed. And I was like, I was going to get you AirPods, because um, he has like these school candy headphones. And mm-hmm. he's like... I can't wear headphones at work anymore. So like, don't do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, cause I guess they can use the jawbone one. So like their ears open. But mm. I was like, well, I can buy those instead. And he's like, no, I don't want to listen to music. And I was like, no, it's clearly so you can listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. Uh, obviously. So you can hear the sound of my voice 24 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. Does Jason ever <clears throat> listen to us? No, no. Okay. I just because he's read them, so yeah, we've listened to a couple of episodes together, but I found it too awkward to listen to myself with anybody else, and then I asked mm-hmm, him yeah. to please never listen to any of them, and he's like, <laughs> "Okay, no problem." <laughs> oh, I'll root for you <laughs> if you say so. Yeah, that's great. <sighs> oh my gosh! All right, so. Let's go back and ask for, at least Kristen should go back and ask for her bridal gift because Jason knows about them now. <laughs> um. Do you think, okay, question, legitimate question here, because huh. I don't know. Do you think, when did like having an engagement ring plus a wedding band happen? Uh-huh. So like, is your bridal gift basically like your <laughs> wedding band? Kristen's like, I'm on it. <laughs> right. Well, because, uh, yeah, because you give them to each other, I guess. Uh-huh. So that would be, like, exchanging. Huh. Because he did give her his family ring. So she has a ring. He gave her the Zach jade necklace. Ring. That's what it was. That's right. Okay. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying, like, maybe your like your bridal gift was your wedding band. Mm-hmm. <sighs> maybe. Did you get a wedding band on your wedding day or did you get it after? Yeah. Yeah, I got one. Okay. I got them all at the same time. So I have my my engagement ring, my wedding band, and my five-year band. (laughs) Wait, wait. Back the fuck up. Did you say five-year band? Uh He gave them to me all the time. It's five years? Huh? I know. I thought it was ten also. My husband's convincing me it's ten years. Oh. He said five, but I got them all at the same time anyway. It doesn't matter. I was like, but I I put up with you for 12 years. So, I mean. There you go. Uh, my hands are too like they're very swollen right now but my hands are too small i was like i don't need another another one Uh, no thanks pass yeah (sighs) 
Okay, I'm going to go on. Yes, go on. I like, will. Um, yeah. Tony Braxton, while you do that. Mm-hmm. Wait, she couldn't go on. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, so Tessa is like, oh my God, you got me a gift, but we fought. There is no way that you are this sweet. And he's like, yeah. I learned that this is like how married life is. So, here we are. <laughs> a gift after Hashtag so grown. Yeah. <laughs> so then he broke into song and dance and he's like, ain't no mountain high enough. I'm not going to sing the whole thing, but you get the gist. He loves her and nothing can stop him from loving her, basically. Mm-hmm. So Tessa's like, ah, awkward. I didn't get a gift for you. And what I said was, oh, man, just like my last anniversary. But apparently I'm not alone because Robin did it, too. But in my defense, it wasn't a wedding anniversary. My husband really likes, prefers our dating anniversary. Like, that's the one he takes more seriously. Oh, I don't know why. So, I didn't get him anything. Yeah. My husband and I regularly, without fail, cannot remember when we got married. (laughs) Like, it every fucking time. Every, we're like, wait, how long, wait, what's, when, what was the day? I know it was in September. What year? Like every fucking time we have to do backwards math. It's horrible. We're so bad at it. That's awesome. That's why you should get married on a holiday. Yeah. Yeah, you're a smart one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I got married on my stepmom's 50th birthday on accident. So there's that. Whoops. (laughs) Yeah. Oopsies. Anyway. Um... Tessa has no gift for him so he's like oh don't worry you got me a gift by the way it's his violin is the gift okay Mm -hmm. and the gift he's saying that she got him is letting him play the violin for her (laughs) perfect man bro (laughs) like I got my husband so many gifts if that's the way it works listen (laughs) I'm gonna cut you off and I don't mean to but like I know it's just the two of them, okay? Mm -hmm. Building castles Uh in the sky. I know that. Mm -hmm. Yep. But can you imagine the embarrassment that you feel when you get saying happy birthday? Mm -hmm. And then imagine how, like, I would just be so awkward and embarrassed if somebody wrote and sang a song or played a song or composed a song. I would literally die. Yeah. Well, I think... I think the the difference is you have to be really good. Otherwise, it is impossibly and unbearably awkward. Like, even if you're not great, like, even even if you're just, like, good, it's still awkward. Like, you have to be amazing for it to not be weird to do something like that for somebody. It would still be weird. It would still be weird. I, I just, I don't connect to music like that. Like, if it's not juvenile, back that ass up. I don't know if I'm into it. So, no, I'm just kidding. But, like, he puts on I pony. Just, like, the opera and stuff, that shit doesn't move me. So, I just, I, I don't know. Okay. I agree with Robin. I listen to I classical think. music on the reg because I'm into it. But I would um, a thousand times, I would listen to someone play the violin over and over and over and over again, even if just for me. That's totally fine. Singing, poetry, like, I can't handle that shit. No. 
and it's to me it's not even the fact like i could listen to somebody play the violin but they're like you i like this is for you yeah yeah no thanks (laughs) tell me after hey listen to this cool new jam yeah right i wrote it for you yeah Mm -hmm. gems jams that's what we'd call them (laughs) that's his mixtape jamming with gem Yeah, awesome. you know people. People think that what's that? Oh, you're oh. People think that getting a song written for you is like so cute and sweet, which is adorable until you actually have a song written about you, and then like maybe it's a bad song. <laughs> it's like that TikTok video. Like, um, imagine like being Ca- Caroline. She's the reason for the word bitch. bitch. Yep. Like, could you imagine being Caroline? I have been to a show where I, w- I went to a show and there was a song that was a new song that was playing and I was like oh this song is about me and it wasn't a good song <laughs> whoops <laughs> oh, that's great <clears throat> Robin was oh there that gosh. night it's a good time <laughs> Listen, I went to one of those concerts once, and I will never forget this. And I'm sorry I'm sharing this because it's a long window. Anyway, it was like in a place where people would do a mosh pit, okay? Uh Because that's the type of music that it is, obviously. You guys know. And um, so this kid, it was the band before the band we went there for. Mm -hmm. And this guy yells, T-shirt! And he throws a shirt out to the audience because it's obviously one of their merch. Mm -hmm. And the shirt just falls to the floor because no one cared. Oh. It was so awkward and sad. I almost went and picked it up because I felt so bad for them. Oh. But I was like, it was the early 2000s and I was a preppy girl. So I was obviously, I didn't know who they were. So it was, no. Anyway. So awkward. The early aughts. So good. Yes. Yep. Okay. So. Jem says something in Mandarin, and uh, Tessa attempts to translate it, and she does a really good job. So she's obviously been practicing, which I don't know if I've missed it. I don't remember reading anywhere that she had been practicing Mandarin. Earlier in, earlier in this book, okay. it, they mention it. They don't really talk about it very much. Okay. So she, um, she thought that he had said, I made something for you, but he had said, I wrote something for you. So obviously it was very close. Mm-hmm. And obviously he is super into her working on it. Like she very, very well. She could have, I mean, that could have been it. He did make it for her. So, I mean, that's really cool. And I, from what I understand, Mandarin is really, really hard. So. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh Yeah. So anyway, as he plays, they're both like super into it. And at one point, Tessa notices her face is wet. But it's not until the end of the song that she realizes that she was crying. And I'm like, this is not a thing. This is this goes along with like when Kristen got mad, when people like are clenching their hands too much and then they realize they're bleeding. That's the same thing. You know, when you're crying, I I've never been that like I've been detached from my emotions, but I've never been that detached from my physical form. To not realize the signs of, like, my nose tingling and my eyes burning. And, like, the signs of crying. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And it's okay to be emotional that if it was beautiful and you were into it, cool. I cry over commercials. It's fine. But don't act like you're but surprised. Like, oh my God, I was so glad <laughs> I didn't that. even notice I was weeping. What is Am I bleeding? Right? No, <laughs> I didn't notice my vision going blurry or anything, you know, totally yes. just. My throat burning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She probably got the little lip chin or the chin quiver thing too mm. and then you start bit. yawning okay. a lot because you can just blame it on that like oh i'm so tired yeah, yeah. yeah. my it's eyes watering. are just watering man i don't know it's allergies <laughs> i don't know what's going on <laughs> dude i love that i've passed that point like i want i cry a lot when i watch disney movies mm. yeah oh me too and it's clearly okay to make fun of me it is fine sure. okay but um i used to get super embarrassed about it with my husband and now I'm just like I know it's so sad I don't give I'm I'm old I'm an yep. old sad lady whose daughter is 14 <laughs> I took her to go see Onward have you guys seen that one? Uh-huh. Oh yeah oh yeah fucking mm-hmm. weeping weeping yep. in the theaters and my daughter's Quilt like mom weeping. you're embarrassing me I'm like <gasps> Like, but he loves him and he's yeah. there for him and they don't have a dad like it was just i couldn't that was me with coco i cried i think the first five times we watched it uh-huh. seriously still now i get emotional it's very uh-huh. it's a very good movie yeah yeah the beginning of up too Fuck oh, every God. time and I can't. even pixar knows nope. how to fuck you up mm-hmm. Even the beginning yeah. of Inside Out gets me every time. Uh-huh. Watching the little oh, girl yeah. grow up so quick. Yeah. I'm just like, oh my God. Inside it's Out like a Tim destroys song. me. Yeah, for sure. Kenny Chesney. That's what I was thinking oh. of. Oh, yeah. All right. So, Jem's shirt is soaked with sweat. Okay. Mm. Okay. Here we are. As, <laughs> here we go. Okay. Jump on. I'm on, baby. Um, <laughs> he was playing with so much emotion, like he was sweating and stuff. And then he asked her if she liked it. And she's like, bro, I'm crying. Like, obviously. Obs. And then he asks, and she doesn't respond. And then he asks her again if she likes it. And then he, like, drops to his knees because he had seen that she was in tears. And he says something again in Mandarin, and she responds in English. And she's like... Um, I'm now I'm half crying and I'm half laughing. I'm not hurt at all. And he asks her again, did you like it? And it's like, you wrote her a song. You played with so much emotion that you're sweating, which obviously I will get to that. I think it's partly the drugs, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) he's like going through heroin withdrawal sweats. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, so he's like, did, did you like it? Like, are you hurt? You think she's crying because she's hurt? Like, that looks like a hurt cry to you. I just, whatever. Your music hurt Girl, her? please answer How me. did your music hurt her? Like, I get that he's just being, like, uh, what's the word? Self-conscious yeah. and, like, being, like, you know, nervous and whatever that, like, he mm-hmm. just poured his heart out and she's just, like, sitting there crying and he's like, what does that mean? Like, are you breaking up with me? What's happening? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. They did fight. I yeah. feel like I feel like it makes more sense for him to be, like, oh my God, does she want to end this? Like that anxiety than for Tessa to think that way. Yeah. Right. She's the one that left the room. Yeah. 
Well, uh-huh. and, like, he's sick, and, like, he obviously feels guilty about, like, tying her down, but he loves her, and he wants to spend as much time as he can with her. Like, he's doing this mm-hmm. one selfish thing for him is is in his eyes. But then, of course, I'm sure he's worried that, like, she's going to realize one day that, like, this is not a great life. I mean, I don't think it's that far away, yeah. the way they're making it sound. So, Yeah. So, finally, she tells him that it was beautiful, and she felt like she could see his soul in the notes. She explains that she saw rivers, boats like flowers, and all the colors of the night sky. And it just makes me think of, like, boats and hoes. I don't know. (laughs) Boats like flowers. Like, I just, whatever. Like I said, I don't connect to music this way. And so, I just, I don't know. To me, this was cheeseball, but that's cool. So, he sat at her feet (laughs) while for you guys. Yep. Yeah, I'm happy you guys are happy. I'm not taking away from that. I just, I don't understand it. It's cool. <laughs> so she sat at her, at his, he sat at her feet while she stroked his hair. And <laughs> she, he tells her about his parents' love for music. So his father played the violin and his mother played the keen. And when I Googled it, I couldn't find anything with that name, but I did find something called a goo, a gookin, which reminds me of the gookins that they talk about on Wicked Piss or what's that show? <laughs> what? Piss, we could do Wicked that. Pissa, it's a, yes, Wicked Pissa is one of the boats. It's the gookins are like basically like noobs to fishing. They're the weekend fishermen. They call them gookins. What are you guys talking about? Oh my what? god, nonsense TV Wicked show. Tina? No, why the fuck would I? <laughs> it's really good. You it haven't really seen it's about... Wicked Tuna? <laughs> okay, listen. Wicked Tuna? Quickly. It's about like fishermen off like the East Coast. Like, obviously. So okay. they have really great accents. Like, like deadliest and, catch, um, but on the other side. Yeah. And they go fishing for bluefin tuna. And oh, gotcha. um, it's like a race for the whole season to see which boat makes the most money. So when you watch it, you got to pick a boat. You got to pick a team yep. that you think is going to win. And then when they catch the fish, they cut off the head and the tail. Mm-hmm. And they take like a sample to see how much per pound they're going to get it for. So you have to guess the weight and then guess how much per pound it is. And you watch it as a family while you're eating dinner. Oh. Yeah. Except you can't watch it with your five-year-old because he's emotional because the fish died. Oh, gotcha. Oh, so you can't do that anymore. He's very yeah. emotional about it. So it's the exact so. same setup as Deadliest Catch. <laughs> I've never watch. seen Deadliest Catch seen either. Deadliest catch. But it's the same thing with crabs. Yeah. Okay. 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 Except they're yeah, alive. So they, they call them Googans are the people that just like the people that come in on the weekend. And they're like, uh-huh. you're just doing this for fun. Like this is this is our job. Right. We need the fish. Like leave Get us. Go way. away. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't know what they're doing, so they like their lines and their anchors get in the way and stuff because mm-hmm. they don't leave enough space, and it's just a whole thing. So anyway, this thing is called – I'm going to call it a Guggen <laughs> because I can't pronounce it because I am a crappy American. So um, anyway, there were several ways to pronounce it anyway from what Google said, so I um, don't want to even try anyway. So um, basically, I'm going to Americanize this for you, but it's an ancient Chinese instrument that – looks similar to like basically like a flat harp on a piece of driftwood is basically what it looks is what, like. Is it's what it described as. But yeah. <laughs> so 
anyway, that's what his mom played. So he goes, Jem goes on to tell her an old story about this dude that plays music for his bestie and how the music connected them. So the dude that played music, he like played a song about water and his BFF described the song as rushing waters. Like he could see rushing waters or it made him think of rushing waters when he heard it. So the musical friend was like, bro, you understand my music, yo. Like we're one, man. Is this anything and, like um, JFK had a friend? Like, I, friends? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> because Tessa asks later, but when the guy dies, the other guy stops playing music. So uh-huh. I don't know. Like, I always thought that? that they put this story in as like gem, as like showing how Jem sees his relationship with Will in terms of, like, uh, the too. closeness of their relationship. Okay. Like, he identifies that part of it. And, like, obviously he has this connection with, with Tessa and everything. But, like, I feel like you're right, though. I feel like this is a case of people looking at history and being like, they must have been such great friends. And you're like, uh-huh. gay, 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 gay. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Like the they emperor could have that been was friends. buried like, with his closest confidant and companion. Right, what great friends. Right. Like you're reading Sappho's poetry and you're deep. like, wow, she just really must have admired the girls in her village. No. Gay, gay, no. gay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to me, this was it, was, it was clearly a beautiful story, except the entire time when I was reading it, all I could think about was um, Kung Fu Panda and the duck being the dad and I imagine the dad duck talking about noodles and it was, it was not great in my crazy ADD brain. But after listening to it, I was like, Oh my God, that's so beautiful. Obviously everything that happened, but I'm like, wouldn't like, if it was me, it would leave me with a sense of guilt. So it's even, so basically Jim's going to be the one that dies. Yeah. And Tessa's going to be the one that breaks the instrument and is broken forever. And so never to plays me, music again. Yeah. Like, like, if I was young, even now and dying, and like, I don't, okay, I don't know because ha- I'm not in that position. And you mm-hmm. clearly think about what you're going to do, but you don't know until you're physically in it. Right. But I feel like I would want to be able to set my husband to be like, move on, be happy, yeah. celebrate your life, mm-hmm. celebrate all this other stuff. And it's almost like that's like a story where it's just like, okay, well now your life's going to end. Cause this guy's like, it was a very weird mm-hmm. metaphor. And yeah. maybe that's my brain taking it that way and mm-hmm. not how Tessa would take it. But it was very clear. Like, okay, now mourn for the rest of your days. <laughs> it, to me, it was weird because typically when you hear these stories, you hear the general story, but you don't know the follow up and end to the people's story. Right. Like, it's interesting that Tessa asked the question, first of all, like, what happened to them? Because you got the gist of the story. What do you care? Mm-hmm. And then also that Jem knew uh-huh. what happened to them. You know, that's just interesting. Yeah, it feels like it was a complete story before, and then she's asking an additional – I guess that's Tessa's MO. They've told yeah. us a million times that she True. won't shut the fuck up and stop asking questions. Because he could have been like, I don't fucking know. Right. That's the story. That's all you get, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. They loved each other. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. Gay. Gay. <laughs> so fucking funny. Okay. <laughs> so Jem says to Tessa, when I played, you saw what I saw. You understand my music. And she's like, well, 
not really. Like, I don't know anything about music, <laughs> babe, babe. I don't know anything. And he jumps up. And this is where, to me, it's obvious that he must have taken some of the drug, right? Didn't he say that? He took the little bit that they found. Uh-huh. Obviously, he'd been without it for so long. So his tolerance is, like, a little bit lower now, you know. So obviously, it's doing wonders for him because he has a lot of energy. <laughs> so he jumps up. And he puts her hand on his chest. And um, he's all sweaty. And he's like, no, you don't understand. And he puts his, you know, right here. He's like, you know my heart's melody. And I'm just like, bro, you're high. <laughs> this is really, like, this is giving does, me, like, vibes. It does, it does I know kind it's of feel like romantic, he's on coke. But doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I feel. Yeah. <sighs> I can hear my heartbeat outside my chest. Yes. Feel that. Yeah. Do you feel that? Isn't that wild? Dude, this has got to be like just the most romantic scene, and we are murdering it. <laughs> One eight seven. I get it. Okay. One eight seven murder a murder a scene. Dude. Oh my god. He's like yes. the snozzberries taste like snozzberries. <laughs> yeah. Yep. One of the greatest movies of all time. That's right. I knew that he did anyway. Okay, so yeah, then then they talk about like what happened to the dudes and um the one dude broke his keytar when the guy died. (laughs) (laughs) And whatever. And um Tess is like, whoa, that escalated quickly. Like I can't believe that's the ending. That's a bummer. And Jem disagrees with her because he says their hearts needed each other to make their music. He's like, you know, you know what I mean? You feel me, man? Again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You keeping up here? So he's riding this wave of literally being high. And he tells her, I would give you more in two weeks than most men would give you in a lifetime. Okay. And um, I'm into it, but it's so fucking random. It's not like they were talking about what he could or couldn't give her or anything like that. It was just like, girl, I will give you the world. I'm feeling so good right now. <laughs> and um, he's saying basically, like, I wish we could get married now. I'm super ready for this husband gig. And, like, I'm into it. And Tess is like, shit, let's do it. Nobody gives a shit when I get married. <laughs> Let, look, come on. I ain't got nobody. <laughs> So, of course, as soon as those words escape her mouth, she starts thinking of Will because she can't go 10 seconds without it. And um, obviously he's going to care if she gets married sooner or later or when at all. And this makes her think back to when he had told her that he loves her and how she lied to him by implying that she doesn't love him back. And she knew that even if she told Will the truth and ended things with Jem, Will wouldn't want to be with her because of Jem. So it's like this huge catch-22. So she knows the greatest gift for each of them was to keep her love for Will to herself. And um, Jem realizes that the consul, the council hasn't approved their request to be married yet. Because obviously, anyway, and like her dress was ruined by like the worm situation. <laughs> hmm the giant her wedding dress yeah and so he's like oh, i guess we have all these issues and she's like i don't give a shit about the council which of course you don't you didn't grow up as a shadow hunter you don't respect them in the way that Jem does so i think that's a little like 
whatever but okay she's like i'll marry you right here right now <laughs> do it <laughs> and then a makeout session oh snap obviously there's a lot to it but basically um she can taste the burnt sugar on his mouth so i think we've talked about it before but we've never decided to he he's has to indulge in indulge it ingest it <laughs> <laughs> orally obviously you know it's gonna indulge so it. i wonder how that works in like, water does he make it into like a tonic okay yeah a tonic anyway so a, a tincture? as we are making out they, yeah yeah <laughs> it's funny that you're doing it <laughs> i'm like because that's definitely not how that works but okay <laughs> <laughs> oh good times it's like okay, when a kid's so like i'm gonna go do marijuana <laughs> like okay <laughs> <laughs> yep oh. yeah you are <laughs> uh, okay so they're making out things are getting hot and heavy and she's like rubbing him with her hands obviously <laughs> and she's realizing how thin and frail he is and it seems like the only thing she can really think about. Like, she can feel his bones and his spine. And I'm just like, that's sad. Yeah. She can't even be, like, intimate with him. Which, I'm assuming this is the first time she's really felt his body like that. I mean. Well, I think he's gotten got worse. Recently. Before, but yeah. 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 So, anyway. Things are getting hot. She's getting a little colder as she's feeling his body. But it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's not going to stop sudden, her. <laughs> exactly. She's super into it because, you know, um, church opens the door, like the door opens and it just happens to be church, which is hilarious. And, um, after they like, finally, they're like, oh shit, we need a chaperone. Like this is cray. Let's, let's back the trolley up a little bit. So after they took a breath, um, Jem confirms to Tessa that she meant what she had said about marrying him tomorrow. And she's like, Yes. Rock me like a hurricane. Yeah, she is. Rock me like a hurricane. I love that you wrote, <laughs> but it was just little church going around to fuck with people. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was. She's just fucking with people. He's so cute. Oh. oh, my God. Okay, guys, you'd think that the chapter was over, but it's not. Shia's friend. Shia's friend okay. is not. So. We would join most of the group over breakfast, which I explained to my daughter why breakfast was called breakfast, and it was it was difficult. <laughs> it was it was a Herculean task, if you will, because she asked the question, but she wasn't actually interested in the answer. Like she didn't think I was gonna know, so then she had to hear it, and she's like, "Uh huh." Uh-huh, what is that mean? What are you saying? What is that? What does that mean? What is that? Okay. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh, wait. Before we move, before we move on to Robin's thing. Um. So, the wedding bands have been a thing for you know, since I think it was like 100 CE or whatever. Um. But oh. engagement rings um arrived in America in the 1840s, but were still relatively uncommon until like the Edwardian era, like turn of the century, 1900s. So there you uh-huh. go. There's uh-huh. your answer. See, Tessa wouldn't have gotten an engagement ring. So her right. wedding gift could have been her wedding ring. 
Yeah, because he gave her like his family ring as like a promise ring, which I think is the jade necklace. Yeah, the precursor. Mm-hmm. Oh, and obviously Tessa and Jim aren't a clear like couple, mm-hmm. like not a standard normal right Victorian couple. Yeah, they're shadow hunted. Well, yeah, whatever. She's a downworlder. Same thing. Right. She's living as a shadow okay. hunter. I lump her in with the rest of them. Yeah. Right. Okay, they're at breakfast. Jim's really fucking stoked, guys. He's so excited. He's like, guess what? It's not chicken butt. Tessa and I are going to get married. They're like, oh, we know. Thanks. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Gabriel, who BT dubs, is dressed in gear. Because maybe he's wanting to meet up with a certain sultry Cecily. She said she liked to train. I don't know. And he's like, okay, yeah. So, like, okay. (laughs) And you know this, this man. (laughs) Henry chimes in to the conference. She's like, yeah, weren't you already ready getting engaged? And, And the only thing I could think of is, like, Henry's so scatterbrained that he's probably like, wait, wait, did this already happen? Or is this me? <laughs> like, like for a split second, it makes you like not remember information that you know is fact. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. when you can't spell a word like deliveries mm-hmm. and you know that it's spelled wrong or vacuum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't. Or license. All words that cannot spell. Anyway. <clears throat> Jim's says Amanda he's Amanda and he says absolutely <laughs> but instead of December we were thinking like I don't know maybe like tomorrow <sighs> like this week soon soon and the room erupts in the most sitcom of ways possible <laughs> there's like choking on tea cups are clanged Gabriel stops mid fork to mouth <laughs> why he's just like uh and Sophie gasps in Lady's Maid, telling Tessa she clearly can't get married because her first dress was ruined and the new one hasn't even been started yet. You are physically unable to get married. Do not pass go. <laughs> Jem tells Sophie not to worry. Tessa can wear whatever dress she chooses. She's not a shadow hunter, so it doesn't need to be gold. And she's got lots of pretty dresses and she can just pick one of those. And Tessa doesn't answer. Like, she does not speak for herself because she gets a face full of Herondale as Cecily and Will enter the room. The conversation stops mid-sentence as they both pass their wisdom (laughs) checks and they can tell something is afoot. (laughs) I love you. Cecily and Will, they know. Jim lets them in on the news. And according to whoever's narrating, because I feel like it's Tessa at this point, but I can't be sure. Cannot be sure. Um, They note, whoever's narrating, or if it's not a narrator, Will didn't say anything or have any expression, but he went very white. Mm. So basically, he asked for the manager is what happened. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Before... He can give a response to the news he just heard. Charlotte reminds Jim that the clave, what did you say? The council? The clave, council. Uh The council, Mm -hmm. yeah. Covenant. They haven't given their approval yet. And he can't go against them. And Jim says that even though, like, he explains that 
Although they haven't given an approval, they obviously can't wait for them to do so. Time is ticking. Um, the council tends to drag their feet on bad news like I do when I don't want to email customers back bad news. <laughs> um, and it could take them God knows how long. And as Tessa said, their upcoming nuptial... Fuck. Tessa says their upcoming nuptials is the last thing on their list of fucks right now. Mm-hmm. That Jim and Tessa getting married is low. Mm-hmm. They have Benny's papers and Morty to deal with, not personal love lives. They don't care. And Will's like, um, <clears throat> the Clave are, as a whole, you know, in general, the biggest gossip mongers in the entire world. <laughs> there is nothing personal when it comes to them. And he brings up his parents, to which Jim basically, like, think about my parents, like, think about what happened mm-hmm. to them. And Jim basically says that um, the laws that are in place currently are for shadow hunter plus mundane marriages, but not shadow humper. humper. <laughs> <laughs> There's our title Shadow <laughs> Humper. Whoop. <laughs> Shadow Hunter plus unknown downworlder subtype. Okay. <laughs> and if worse came to worse, Jim would give up his life of hunting shadows to marry Tessa. And he thought of all people, Will would understand that. Which to me was like clearly would hurt Will's feelings because it would break their parabratai bond. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, at this point, kind of like Amanda said, like, are they like, how would they know? Are they going to know? How would they know? How would right? anyone know? Mm-hmm. He doesn't have long left. Like mm-hmm. Also, like, why do they have to get married? Because they want to. Because they can't fuck until they get married. Uh-huh. Okay. Because they're, they're, you know, of the, like, she's a lady and he's a gentleman. Mm-hmm. It would. Yeah. Sure. It would be a mar against their honor. <laughs> That's why he keeps telling her that they need a fucking chaperone. And that's also why Will has never mentioned needing a chaperone because Will is not a gentleman. (laughs) Right. Jem is. There you go. They are not the same. I'm team Will. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. She's gotten farther with Jem than she has with Will. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, That's fair. Will says to his parabotai, he does understand, but he just wants Jim to really think his decision through. Which Jim says that he's done. He has a legal signed marriage license and they could walk into any church and get married today if they wanted to. He wants everybody to be there, but if they can't or won't, he really doesn't care. There is nothing Gabriel, sexier than your partner being like, this is the way it is. And... This is how it's going to be. And you can either like it or not. <sighs> Fuck y'all. Oh, y'all. If you don't so like me, sexy. Blow me. I love it. <sighs> Gabrielle <laughs> jumps into the conversation saying, quote, to marry a girl to make her a widow. Many would say that was not a kindness. <sighs> Tessa. Tessa gathers up her skirts and is like hell nah i'm a 19th century independent woman and just to be crystal freaking clear because she looks like she'd say freak she doesn't look like she'd say fuck okay yeah like yeah she's a freak lady anyway 
marrying Jim is my decision. I wasn't coerced into it, and I know all about Jim's health. So, like, my business, my business. Stay the fuck up out my business. Is that from, like, a song or something? Because it's mine, all mine. Huh? Is that from a song or something? Ludicrous. Ludicrous. Rule out. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Worry about your damn self. And I quoted that, even though that, that was not a quote from the book. <laughs> Apparently, it, whatever. <laughs> Gabriel's like, what? But don't worry. Will is there to interrupt. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, I didn't understand what I wrote, but I remember now. <laughs> He's there to interrupt and speak for Tessa. Um, because Gabriel's like, what do you mean? worry about yourself like what did I do and Will is there to be like oh you know the whole like patricide debacle I don't know Mm. which I think is very weird like it was just it was ill placed but I feel like Will just wanted to jab at him yeah I just Cecily gasps Mm. as both of the boys start preparing for a middle school style throwdown mother Charlotte yeah exactly Mm. If you've seen um, the Young Offenders, there's this scene where they're getting like fight, 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 and they're not actually like they're just kind of basically just tapping each other and like popping around in a circle <laughs> until everybody starts leaving. It's yep. so funny. That's great. Oh, Mother Charlotte tells them to calm down, and as if some device is being used at this point, maybe for funsies. Let's just call it plot. Okay. <laughs> Jessamine arrives through the gate and Charlotte tells the rest of the Autobots to roll out. So that way we can move on from the conversation and the Maury Povich style arguing that was taking place can just end. Yeah. Next, we find out something that seems partially weird to me. Okay. Partially weird. The book says, quote, there was a slight hubbub and a deal of puzzlement on the part of Gabriel and Cecily, neither of whom really understood precisely who Jessamine was or the part she had played in the life of the Institute. Mm-hmm. Okay. I totally get Cecily not knowing who she is, mm-hmm. but like Gabriel. Well, weren't, wasn't he supposed to train her? She like, never, do you think she, that never she meant went, to put though. Gideon? Like huh? Gideon wasn't there. Maybe Gideon doesn't know who she is, but like. How was Gabriel around that much? And like because Jessamine never went to any like shadow hunter. She she was at the institute, but she was never around them doing any shadow hunter business. She avoided that at all costs. So I mean, she probably never went into any meetings. She certainly never went to training, even though she was supposed to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So like, and all they really knew about her was that she betrayed them. So like. It does feel weird. Like, he should know. Again, it goes back to the Benedict wouldn't let his children not know who everyone was. Uh Uh-huh. Well, that and it's... Sorry, go ahead. No. That's what I said. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just... It seems weird to not... If that's the case, then Cecily, Gabriel, and Gideon didn't know who she was. But, like... Or just say Cecily. Right. Yeah. Gabriel knows who Justin is. Yeah, because the way it was written, because there's another thing later, which is like they're so confused on who this lady, like who's Jessamine, who's he Jessamine? would know who, yeah, he would know who he she would knows who Jessamine is. Of you her, were supposed yeah. to train Jessamine, 
you know Jessamine's widow, like widowed, orphaned. You know that she doesn't want to be a shadow hunter. You know that she made up these excuses. You know that she went into the silent city. You know all of these yeah. things. So, mm-hmm. like, stop. Anyway. Anyways. During the walk to the courtyard, we're clearly placed in Tessa's POV. I figured it out, you guys. This chapter is in Tessa's point of view. Because she is reminiscing on the night before and how she feels like marrying Jem would grant him immortality, but she knows that it really wouldn't. She's like, yeah, last-ditch effort, whatever. And her internal dialogue is interrupted by Will, who puts his hand on her arm. The rest of the Institute kiddos move forward, leaving them alone in the hall to have a life-altering conversation. This fucking conversation. It starts with Tessa making sure that Will is on Team Jessa. And he knows that she's trying to make him happy, him being Jim. Like, Tessa's just trying to make Jim happy. And she's going to do the best she can because that's what she promised and that's what she's going to do. And just to be clear, she has no delusions about his health. You know, basically, like, one, are you mad at me? Two, tell me I'm not wrong. Mm -hmm. These other people are acting fucking nuts. Mm -hmm. Ground me here in this moment. Ground me to the earth. And Will lets her know, like, he has faith in her to make Jim happy. And also, um, if she's hopeful about his health, like, you're not, like, that's not being delusional. Like, that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. You can be helpful that we can find this Yen Fin and all this other stuff. Don't worry if you feel that way. And Tessa feels like she, like, I can hear the words. I hear what you're saying. But there is a disconnect with the words that are coming out of your mouth and how you think your face and whatever. You are <laughs> disassociating. Your words and your face don't match. Yeah. That was like me when I was sick and I sounded like a trucker. So she just decides to go all in. She's going to ante up. She's going to put all of her chips in. And she asks slash tells him that she would hope that he isn't going to abandon her now and leave her to search for the cure all alone because she can't do it without him. Mm. So basically, because since her and Jim are going to get married, then he's not going to help anymore or something. And he says, of course, he's going to be there for her. There's just a big giant butt. Okay. It's as big as my butt, which is pretty big. (laughs) And I'm going to apologize in advance because this is a really long quote and I have to read it or I will literally die. Okay. Do it. And um, I need to get it up. So just a minute. Okay. I want you to be happy and him to be happy. And yet when you walk that aisle to meet him and join yourselves forever, you will walk an invisible path of the shards of my heart, Tessa. I would give over my own life for either of yours. I would give over my own life for your happiness. I thought perhaps that when you told me you did not love me, that my own feelings would fall away in atrophy, but they have not. They have grown every day. I love you now more desperately this moment than I have ever loved you before. And in an hour, I will love you more than that. It is unfair to tell you this. I know when you can do nothing about it. He took a shuddering breath. How you must despise me. Why is he so good? 
I know. How can you not be Team Will? I just don't understand. I, just I don't, don't get it. I'm Team Thrupple. I've changed my status. <laughs> right. I just want them all to be happy. I feel like if Will, Jem, Tessa happened in present day, they would all be together. Mm-hmm. I agree. I really just don't think that it would have ended up like this because I really do think Jem and Will are in love with each other. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I'm into this. Brother husbands. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, do you guys remember last book? We rapped about this, okay? We wrote the lyrics, Andy rapped, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it said, miscommunication as a basis of plot. Plot. Mm-hmm. So it was Tasha, so we had to double. Yeah. So Tessa remembers how just yesterday she had convinced herself that Will's feelings for her had faded and wouldn't continue to do so. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> now we're at the precipice of this big thing happened that we've already committed to. And there's, like, a miscommunication in our hearts, in our mind, in our souls, in our bodies, and with our friends. Okay? They need to do circle time. (laughs) So you can fart at circle time and they'll never forget about it. How could you bring that up? How could you do that to me? (laughs) You're into it. I can't believe you're telling my secret. (laughs) That you've already told on here? Yeah. Several times. <laughs> Several times. I love it. Why you gotta bring up old <laughs> shit, Robin? <laughs> okay, I can't. I'm dying. Sorry. Hold on. Okay. Tessa responds to this by telling him that she does not despise him. On the contrary, he's been nothing but honorable. He's got all fives on his report card. Exceeds expectations. Will says that it's easy to exceed the expectation when it was at zero. (laughs) You had no expectations for me, so like anything I did. But Tessa tells him that it's just not true. She continues with, quote, they say you cannot divide your heart, and yet. (sighs) But she's cut off by Charlotte, asking them what the holdup is. Beep, beep, motherfucker. But since (laughs) there is one. What's the holdup? But hey, sensuous. Could one of you like go get cereal to help the silent brothers with the carriage? And Will leaves to do that. And Tessa can feel his walls up again. And she's like, fuck. Ugh, panic attack. I can't believe I almost just told Will. I was so caught up in the moment. Um, she thinks about how her revealing her feel- feelings would only keep Will hung up on her. And although it was physically painful, it wouldn't do anything for him. Like, like it's she really wanted to tell him or whatever. But like, if she does that, then he's never going to get over her. Mm-hmm. Right, right. What Tessa's trying to do in this moment of like, I shouldn't say anything because it's not going to change anything. It's just going to hurt him. That's the honorable thing to do. What Will was uh-huh. doing, <laughs> telling his best friend's fiance that I know I told you to before, but I got to make sure to let you know that I. I still love you. I love you more than I ever did. I'll love you more tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like that's not. I mean, she literally in the sentence before described him as honorable. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love you that's more fair. today than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. Yeah. Faux Clearly. 
outside, they gathered to wait when Charlotte asked what another carriage was doing there. Gabriel's like, oh, maybe it's an escort (laughs) service for all the right reasons. (laughs) But Charlotte's like, no, she wouldn't. But (laughs) she would. (laughs) The silent brother jumps down from the first carriage at the same time the driver of the second carriage dismounts. The second one clearly not acting like a flesh bag. (laughs) Pulls his hood down and reveals his metal head. Before anyone can react, it holds up his right arm, which in lieu of hands is an entire fucking crossbow. And aims it at the like one of the silent brothers and shoots him in the chest, flinging him through the air and creating a murder most foul. But F-O-W-L, because he flew like a bird. <laughs> and see. Beautiful. Oh, that was amazing. I can't wait to see what happens next week. It won't be a Oh, it's going to be great. And mm. you're going to know, when you read chapter nine, Graven in Metal. Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Okay, you guys. For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.